How's it going? Uh, it's going okay. Good. Hmm. So uh, if you'd like to tell us you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you could listen to this show, which is, it's just called Two Brothers. All right. Well done at the beginning. Finally. I love you. I love you too. Yeah. Let's get them See, all we're in. getting all the stuff in <laughs> yes. real early. Yeah, get it ahead of time. Well, I need to get back to streaming some video. So, are you in the middle of something? Yeah, you've been watching. Yeah, I, you've been watching Solar Opposites. So, I, well, yes, I've been watching Solar Opposites. I'm on uh, season two now. Oh. Uh, did you see season one at all? Or oh yeah, okay. We, we finished yeah, so season one. I started, I started again on um, what was it? Uh, season three of Disenchanted. Mm. Um, but. I kind of go back and forth on the, the shorter shows, the shorter animated shows. Right. But this past week, I binge-watched all of uh, Invincible. Mm-hmm. So somebody had said on the Venture Brothers subreddit that, uh, hey, is this going to be so, sort of like Venture Brothers? Mm. And some people were like, eh, I don't think so. And one person had, had seen it all. He's like, uh, no, <laughs> definitely not. It does have some humorous bits in it, but it's one of those, it's based on comics, uh, the Invincible comics. Okay. And character. I don't know this. Um, but I, I don't either. I assume it's you know pretty new. Hmm. Um, you know, it's a superhero thing where the sort of Superman of the world, Omni Man, has a son, has a has a family. He's from another planet, but um, he has an Earth wife and Earth son. Hmm. He's a teenager, and he eventually, finally, develops his own powers. Hmm. And so there's a you know a wee bit of angst. A little bit of teen this and that, mostly, I think because it's produced by Seth Rogen and I forget who the other person is, um, it's it's kind of an homage to superhero cartoons of the past, mm. but this one has a lot of gore and um, swears and, and things that we missed out on in you know when we were watching G.I. Joe or the <laughs> 500,000 laser blasts were going back and forth and nobody got hit. Yeah, so, well, people get hit in this one. Okay. Let me tell you. It doesn't start out dark, but uh, it takes a dark turn pretty fast. It's kind of funny to me. uh, Interesting. The um, shows where it's a lot of gore and character death, like Rick and Morty, where Mm -hmm. uh, at certain shows, hundreds, possibly thousands of people get slaughtered all over the place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly very easy with with the slaughtering of characters. So I was going to say people, but sometimes who knows. But then the show like the Venture Brothers, when somebody dies, it seems pretty significant to me. Mm-hmm. Other than henchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the yeah. That's the comedy relief death where mm-hmm. I, on Rick and Morty it's often used for laughs. Yeah, it's not that every death is frivolous like Rick and Morty. It just they and they dial back on that too. Early on, that was a. That was a big deal, Brock coming in and slaughtering a bunch of henchmen. Right. Yeah. But they, but they, they pulled back on that. And I, they I think. They did. Yeah. As they became more real and more rounded and self examining, I think, mm-hmm. it became probably harder to just have them kill a bunch of people because they would, they would imagine that they would start to feel bad about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At least question what they were doing. Yeah. The, the ones in invincible are, are more bloody, like not comical. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more, you know, more intense, not like a horror film, uh, necessarily. It's still in the cartoon vein, but, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> vein, but, uh, but still it's, a, it's a little, 
it's more significant. The, the characters that are killed are more significant, and yet you think they're main characters, and boom, they're gone. Right. So it's a, it, that part's interesting too, as well as you know the 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 creatures and things that the superheroes are fighting in, at various points in the in the show. But um, yeah, it's it, it's it's not like Venture Brothers at all. Hmm. <laughs> there is you know basically no connection other than it's an animated show. Right. But um, it is. Uh, pretty good in its own right i i don't know the comics so i don't you know have the the stigma of oh th- they changed this and they changed that sure. you know so i don't have any of that knowledge going in so but it was um it was good enough for me to just rip right through all eight first eight episodes first season <laughs> so and then just now i started uh, actually yesterday a netflix four-part documentary called this is a robbery it's about the gardner museum the world's biggest art heist right where they stole some Rembrandts, and this is like 1990, I believe. Okay. Uh, stole some Rembrandts and a, uh, a Manet and a Vermeer and a couple other things, about $200 million worth. And they just, like, cut them out of the frames. Like, right. ah, no, you know. Yeah. But but there is a Venture Brothers connection where Phantom Limb is in his house, and some of those are, uh, some of those paintings are there in his, right. in his letter, so implying that he right, right. was the one that stole them or had them stolen. Sure. And then I was listening to a, a um, oh, it was one of the Oregon Files, the Clive Custler series, that uh, they they had the paintings show up in one of their um, adventures that, that the criminals were using the paintings as currency. Hmm. So instead of having to you know carry around a hundred million in cash, they handed over a Rembrandt. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know much details about it. I I knew about the heist uh, as it occurred and around dollar figures stuff. That was mm-hmm. I didn't remember a lot of, of what was stolen and what happened afterwards. And so, so yeah, there's yeah. I saw it go by in the Netflix uh, feed one time, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I didn't put it on the queue. The one the the biggest one is um, the storm on the Sea of Galilee. Mm-hmm. It's the only seascape he ever did. Worth a lot of dough. Anyway, so yeah, it, I've, I'm a, a sucker for a heist movie anyway. Uh, it's one of my favorite genres. Heists and capers are right up there in my favorite uh, segments. Hmm. And so this is this is a real one, So, that's in, but it's interesting too because of those other <laughs> other connections I've, I've seen recently. Definitely. Yeah. And did you finish? No, no, I just started episode one, so I that's see. why I say i got to get back over there. I got to you. It. I gotta get back that to is it. the streaming you want to get back to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, having rambled our way through that. What are you streaming? You're in the middle of... I paused my rewatch of The Venture Brothers and started doing a Simpsons marathon. Yes. And okay. I'm working through season eight at the moment. Ooh, just already up to eight. Good for you. Already. It was, uh, it's been going on for three weeks or so. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of episodes. I suppose. The, <laughs> it just, uh, just finished Homer versus the 18th Amendment, which <laughs> followed... Uh, Lisa, the babysitter, is that the one? My sister, my sitter. Mm. That one, which I, I'm, I was surprised to see was season eight because I, it was so dark and serious. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought of it as later. Yeah, that that seems a later one too. It's a, it's pretty annoying. <laughs> I don't, don't care for that episode most hmm. mostly, for the most part. Yeah, it's not that it's not good. It's just irritating. no, but it's just it's the. The same thing that I object to in several videos where Lisa is oppressed, basically, mm-hmm. by Bart and 
by the town where she doesn't really get revenge on anybody. Nothing really happens to Bard or other people. Whoa. Mm. Sorry, the AC came on. But Homer versus the 18th Amendment, uh, that's, uh, are you the beer baron? Yeah, it is. That, it's Rex Baron. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. With, the, <laughs> with uh, Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas and a masterful voice performance. Indeed, yes. It's an all-time classic. I very much enjoy it. Especially, there's a couple of jokes in there that, <laughs> that I really, really just turn back to and repeat elsewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Use in <laughs> other contexts. <laughs> yeah. The idea that someone like that could uh, could avoid me is laughable. People, Rex Banner has won your war against alcohol. Yeah! What about the beer baron? I suspect he was just an invention of the media. The idea that someone like that could operate under my very nose is laughable. Uh. <laughs> well, you all know what laughter sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. but very good and a a really good one of of several in season eight that surrounds lesser episodes let's just be honest i think Mm -hmm. of them as such a little a little too earnest or a little too full of itself i'm not sure several things and my sister my sitter before that of course was Mm. (laughs) was prime among them for me and did you say um, Homer's Phobia? Homer's Phobia, yeah. Right? Yeah. Those, I like that one. Yeah. Zap. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks you're gay. Also one of my favorite jokes of The Simpsons. I was like, it's a miracle. No, Ultra Suede <laughs> is a miracle. This is just good timing. <laughs> totally apt. Saying, I don't know who hasn't experienced Ultra Sweet, but my God, it is indeed a modern miracle. <laughs> uh, speaking of good timing, if you want to send us an email, you can send it to bros at it's just called two brothers.com. We'll have some really good material next week, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was so exhausted finishing up the 1981 thing. I really was, and I, I loved it. I had a great time, but. I think I had nine clips in there, eight music clips, and maybe two or three others. Yeah, or a were, lot. Yeah, you, you were right on. Right on with Thank those you. Clips there. I was. You kept surprising me that there yeah. was another clip. That was, that yeah, was yeah. I didn't do any for the for the beginning because we repeated it again later. So, and there were and there was a there were a few that I totally missed. All right, you send us your favorite year. <laughs> we'll, we'll make a we'll make a thing out of that. Yeah, for sure. Maybe every palindrome, I'll do a year. I was thinking about I, that. Well, I mean, that's what we said. Oh, did we? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, see? <laughs> I totally didn't remember. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send it to bros. At it's just called twobrothers.com. If you use Twitter, you can tweet it if as at IJC2B. If you guys like Twitter. All of you's tweets is <laughs> IJC2B. At IJC2B. Mm-hmm. Should I say it again? Just for emphasis. <laughs> we need to practice those tongue twisters from Fox and Sox. Uh, I know. He thrusts his fists against the post and still insists he sees six ghosts. Well, well, well. That music, of course, means there's a post-show edit. I I just went back and looked at several lists, and there's no way I can let it go. Just those clips that I 
that I put on the previous show for 1981. It was a, a remarkable year for me particularly. Maybe, uh, as some would suggest, not the greatest year for albums, but it was certainly, um, there were there was a lot of things that meant a lot to, to me. Since just about everything, maybe everything that we talked about was uh, was rock oriented solidly in that genre. There there were a lot of things that happened in the pop world too. Stevie Nicks's debut album came out. Belladonna and uh, there's several songs on there that still get played today. Still, it still sounds in your face. It's it's full of attitude. And Genesis sort of made a further transition into the the pop arena with Abacab, which uh, the, the the title track is is an easy an easy track to get noticed. They actually introduced some R&B elements. This was a huge year for Phil himself. A massive solo debut, and then this record. forget the go-go's who who shouldered new wave and brought it into power pop territory one of my favorite genres their album beauty and the beat is just loads of fun it's front to finish Quincy Jones released The Dude. That was a, a another gigantic uh, moment. He, he brought all these eclectic styles together and then went on to produce Michael Jackson's Thriller. I did my best but I guess my best wasn't good enough 
Cause here we are back where we were before Seems nothing ever changes But back to being strangers Wondering if we ought to stay Or head on out the door Just once Can we figure out What we keep doing wrong Why we never last forever I never make any excuse or hesitation over my love and admiration for ABBA's music. And 81 was the year of the final ABBA record, The Visitors. And the title track still sounds amazing. I still find things in it that I sort of overlooked. And it is a remarkable swan song. rock thing uh foreigner had their probably their biggest ever maybe leading into it certainly getting into the mainstream but but uh four was jammed full of hit songs for them and uh i, I think lou uh, kept his drama but got a got a little more soulful impossibly more confident even laying back a bit forgot about Blue Oyster Cult's Fire of Unknown Origin. Um, leading into the heavy metal movie, they did a track for that. But 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 this, the second track on the album, Burning For You, still probably my favorite Blue Oyster Cult song.
and unbelievably to me, I, I totally overlooked uh, one of the one of my favorite prog albums of all time. If you wanna, I guess if you, you could call it that, King Crimson's Rebirth with Adrian Ballou and Tony Levin making a quartet with Bill Bradford and Robert Fripp and made me an instant and lifelong fan of Adrian Ballou. further transition into mainstream pop sting bringing in piano for every little thing of things that were huge in my life huge in the industry and i'm going to wrap it up quickly here by letting pat benatar have the last word with one of my favorite performances for sure she is just unbeatable at dynamics and power and this is also one of my favorite neil garaldo riffs of any song yeah it's a tasty way to end